What's up and welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. This is episode eight. My name is Mike Sullivan and I am back alongside with Nick Melanson and Andrew Sullivan. Zach has not returned to the podcast yet. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore and you can follow Andrew on Twitter at Andrew underscore S-U-1-1-I-V-A-N. What's up, Nick? I saw you went to uh, New York City. The I past did. Couple days. I did. I uh, went to New York to visit a lady. We went to uh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Yes, yes. My girlfriend Alyssa and I have been together now for two and a half years. She was just in in, in Vegas doing field work, and now she's back on the East Coast. So I went to say hello. We went to, uh, I've never been to New York City before. I've driven by a couple times and looked out the window on the bridge, but <laughs> we went to uh, MSG Friday night and saw Billy Joel, which is pretty cool. I have he a question is... about Billy Joel. Yeah, go for it. Is he as, as bald as they say he is? <laughs> he, is he, as... <laughs> he did not have a hair on his head. <laughs> Let's go. He was actually, are you, are you guys big, are you big concert people? Uh, I've only yeah. been to two, but I love Billy Joel. Billy, it was, it was, it was so good. It was supposed to start at eight. We got there at, or we got there, I don't know, seven thirty. We're sitting around. It was like eight fifteen, and he still hadn't come out yet. But he, he has a residency at MSG, so he performs there like every weekend or some shit in the summer. And like all of a sudden, all the lights go out, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is it! This is it! This is it!" And then like you could kind of see in the dark, they started wheeling his piano out because if they wheeled it out too early, everybody would have freaked out because it's Billy Joel's piano. And then all of a sudden, like it got quiet because it was just dark for like five minutes. And then like this, like this, like halo, like this beckon of light from Zeus's chair just <laughs> opens up and like just like a cone of light just like shines in the middle of the stage. And it's just Billy Joel sitting there at his piano and then he just starts singing, like didn't say anything, just jumped into a song. Oh, just like, he's jumped really right good. into the show. Jumped right into it. He sounds exactly like he does like when he was pumping out albums in the 70s and 80s like he doesn't sound That's old awesome. he has a little trouble getting around because i know he had his hip replaced or whatever but it was really good and uh i would definitely recommend if you're a billy joel fan um he had a little tribute to the queen obviously rest in peace queen elizabeth the second king charles the third yeah here we go king chuck king chuck's taking over the reign no, but it was fun. And then uh, Saturday we went to the MoMA. Then Saturday night we went to uh, we went to see Wicked on Broadway, which is really cool. Um, Damn, so spent you got the a night. Week. Yeah, spent the night in the city. Came home Sunday, and I went right back to work. You know the grind. Yeah, yeah. We, me and Andrew went to New York City. Like I think it was in 2013. So long ago. So long ago. It was almost 10 years ago. I. It was so long ago that I was. I was wearing um, a Darrell Revis jersey t-shirt uh, on the, when he was on the Patriots, and I was probably I was twelve or thirteen years old, and I was I got heckled at the Statue of Liberty by yeah, he was like, "Hey, take that off!" <laughs> like, sorry, we, can't. Oh, we also went to uh, this this guy. She got me for my birthday last year, which was back in November, so almost a year ago. Uh, like tickets to go to this place to like it's like a sushi making class and we went and it's literally just this guy in his apartment and there was there was i think there's three other couples there and it no it it it, it at first we were like 
oh my like serial killer vibes is a little weird yeah. but it was like the coolest thing like the guy was so nice it was like two and a half hours just making sushi that was fun um and then i went to times square which was like an experience on its own i mean yeah. the amount of people that were there and i mean there were there were like people who were like literally not wearing clothes but just had like paint all over their body mm. there were people there. it was fashion weeks so there were people there in like just the most elaborate dresses you could imagine standing in like rat pissed and in pizza boxes taking yeah. pictures of times square how, how do you think there, you compared with the the fashion people outfit wise um i would say listen i don't want to <laughs> my own horn here but i know a thing or two about fashion i got about eight t-shirts that i cycle in rotation <laughs> i i i i accidentally only brought one pair of shorts so <laughs> the same pair of shorts i wore the day before i had my nike socks on and my sneakers i weren't tied but it i was comfortable and i'll take that over looking mm-hmm. good any day mm-hmm. yeah I'm surprised you haven't asked about this stupid ass thing I'm wearing. I was wondering, yeah, I Nick's, if say, Nick's wearing just, like a backpack right now. I just thought you were wearing a backpack and ready for school. If you if you <laughs> have if you have seen me in person as you guys have, obviously, uh, you might notice I have some just horrible posture. I look like a gremlin, and I notice, yeah, it's I can see your reaction. It is what you think it is. It's a it's a posture corrector thing. Because I look like a freaking like a like a rabid animal at all times <laughs> when I'm just sitting there and like my face is like you can't see me right now but like uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> like I look like a bridge like I got the angle in my back I look like a bridge <laughs> so I, so I bought a posture corrector and I can only wear it for about twenty minutes because then my back is on fire and everything hurts because my yeah. posture is just so jacked up but uh, yeah I came in the mail today so I figured let's go throw it on. See how it goes. Yeah. yeah, I had one of those. And now it's coming off because it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew, what? Uh, I know you just went into school. I know you're yep. in your apartment. You're living. Mm. Classes just started, du- but uh, duplex. Duplex. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so you have the du- duplex, but I'm the dupey. How's How's that first week of school been? Uh, good. Uh, you know, getting back in the swing of things. I feel every every semester somehow it catches me off guard that the amount of work I have to do is, is more than I expect. So last night, uh, we were supposed to re- record this last night and I'm like, fellas, fellas, I really can't, I'm, I got a lot to do. <laughs> and they, they, to, to your credit, you guys pulled out all the stops. You tried to get me to join. I almost, I almost, I almost got wrangled in, but <laughs> we tried our hardest. Yeah. How close were we? Cause I was trying yeah. to bully you into doing it. Um, I was sitting in the target parking lot after I, I had just gotten some more stuff for school and I was reading, ah, God, who, someone said something. Um, Michael, you said something funny and I, I chuckled and then I had to catch myself. I'm like, don't fall for it. <laughs> uh, oh, was it when I said, uh, my ears aren't hearing what they want to hear or something yes, like that? No, yeah. it, was, it was something like that. One of those texts, but I ended up, uh, staying up, I was up at four. four oh, fifteen is when I called. Yeah, what was it? You said, uh, Mike said I could edit the pod all day and figure out video. Just a quick forty-minute episode. You said, plus I need to run to the store. I cannot today. I don't know what else I can say. And then I said, I want you to say that you can. You can't today. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. That... <laughs> and then and then Mike said, I'm not hearing what my ears would like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh it's good to be back. I mean, it's nice having like I have like the adult junior experience right now. Like I get to act yeah. like an adult, but I have none of the responsibilities. So <laughs> that's cool. Uh so yeah, it's cool. Good to be back. Happy to be uh, happy to be on on the pod. On the yeah, Definitely well, take advantage of that last year because yeah. I, oof, I, saying, I, I, loved, yeah, I hate the fact that it's my last year. I loved it. I loved college so much. I stayed an extra year, and I, I mean, I graduated what five months ago now, and mm-hmm. it is true what they say. I am absolutely miserable. Like this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I would. This shit any, is ass. <laughs> I would do anything to go back, and it gets weird right around this time, or like a couple weeks ago when everybody was moving back to school. And like I went to Quinnipiac, so like I'm looking on QU's Instagram, and they're like posting people walking across a quad. And it's like, damn, this time the last five years that was me, and now mm-hmm. like I'm sitting at my desk at work. Like this is just it's a culture shock. It was the weirdest yeah. thing. So definitely take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah it all I, flips. What's What's weird for me is like walking around, and like UMass is gigantic, but I feel like I I know a good amount of people, and I've seen. Like I have, I I'm good with faces, so I know who I've seen before, and there are just so many people that I look at. I'm like, I have never seen you in my whole life before. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like I am on the way out. It's the weirdest thing. I remember that in high school when you graduate high school, and it's not so much your best friends that you miss, but it's like the the people that you that you're friends with that you just know you're not going to hang out with when you graduate for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like the people that were like in my math class that like I was friends with, but like not friendly enough where like we would hang out outside of school but like friendly enough where like i would always sit next to them and talk in class and that was hard and then when you get to college and you meet so many more of those people but now it's to the point where like this person might live in like arkansas and i will literally never see their face again like that's when it gets weird yeah I'm never going to Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing there for and me. That, you know that too many times. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we can uh, we can jump into some Bruins hockey talk right here. So yeah. let's talk Jake, sticky puck. Well, right? Let's talk some sticky puck. So Jake DeBrusque uh, and Oscar Steen just joined the captains' practice today. So that's kind of a sign that things are really starting to get going. Things are really starting to heat up. Um, soon enough, we'll be on the podcast actually talking about we'll, we'll actually have things that are relevant to talk about. Um, it'll make the podcast a lot more fun, a lot more engaging. You know, maybe sometimes we hop on after games, blah, 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 whatever. But regardless, Jake DeBrusque and Oscar Steen are at captain's practice. So that officially brings a list of the players who have gone to Patrice Bergeron, Hampus Lindholm, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, Nick Felino. Brandon Carlo, Pavel Zaka, Derek Forbert, Thomas Nosek, Jacob Zaboral, Jack Stanika, Connor Clifton, Jack Sean, and then Jake DeBrusque and Oscar Steen. So that's the captain's practice for now. So obviously no Brad Marshawn, he's hurt. Um, David Pasternak is there. No Charlie, he's hurt. Pasta's still in check. Um, but they got some goalies. Did you say getting goalies names? Um, based on the list I'm reading, <laughs> I don't see any goalies. Just I would assume sh- that some are there. Really, the shooter tutor. They have the Zamboni driver just out there. Just, yeah. just... <laughs> Lamont. Yeah, they have, they have Lamont out there. But um, yeah, so things are starting to ramp up a little bit. Um, it's good to see everybody back on the ice together. 
um, back doing drills, getting the legs ready. And preseason also starts uh, September 24th against the Flyers. So, you know, we got that coming up. Uh, is there anything in particular like you guys are looking to see during preseason? Like, are there any particular players maybe who you're going to keep an eye on just to see maybe, you know, how they're moving, if they look bigger, better, faster than last year? Uh, any Like anybody in particular? I want to see Zaka. I want to see what he can do. I want to see. I want to see what the line combinations will be. I know there's been a lot of talk about who's going to be a what line, and we talked about that a couple episodes ago. And preseason, I believe, is is more of a time to experiment. So maybe they tried some weird combinations in the preseason, and maybe if I mean I don't know what that could look like. You know, maybe we talked before about you know it seems like the breast is going to be in that top line, but what if what if I mean Martian will be there, so that is more difficult. But I don't know. What if they try like a Zaka? uh bergeron debrusque top line or something in the mean one time until until uh marshing gets back and see how that works just for fun i mean i think that would be kind of cool to see yeah Yeah. well um jim montgomery did uh kind of he he moved jake debrusque back to the right side so jd's gonna be back playing on the right and um so that opens up a spot on the left for a player like zaka and that's that's something that i would like to see them at least try I think in terms of the lines too. I mean, I mean, you could throw a, a defenseman in center if you want to get crazy, right? <laughs> um, but I want I want to see what what they do with Lindholm. I want to see how he develops, where they stick him, um, because I, I you know I, I feel like everybody's excited about him, but we don't really know you know how he's gonna how he's gonna fit in quite yet um, with this team. He's definitely gonna be. I think in the regular season. Once McAvoy's back, it's going to be him and McAvoy together on that first pair. Um, and then maybe Carlo and Grizzlick, or maybe you keep Grizzlick and McAvoy, and then you move Lindholm down to the second with a Carlo or, or somebody like that. I like I like the uh, Lindholm-Charlie combination. I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, I think of we've said it a thousand times, it's depleted defensive core. I mean, Lindholm's the best you got. I mean, that's I know that's – not saying much he's a damn good defenseman but you know he's really gonna have to take that defensive unit by the reins there and see what he can do with them at the beginning of the year and just quickly back to Zaka too I mean I don't know what kind of player he's gonna be on the Bruins like I feel like when he was in New Jersey they're just so ass that he that he could do whatever he wanted to do he could fill whatever role he needed to fill but like on the Bruins if he's you know a third line winger I mean that's you have different responsibilities than you would if you were, you know, on the first or second line. And I think if they can really get that third line going, because I mean, you know, Bruins for years have been a top heavy team. I mean, not first and second line, but literally the first line. And you were desperately looking for anything out of your second line. And it seems like when healthy this year, their top two lines are pretty balanced. Those are going to be two pretty good lines. And they've had two good lines in the past, but they always lacked a third and a fourth line. You can only ride those top two lines so much before they get gassed. And, you know, we, we talked back with the Bruins' best season. They had the Merlot line. I mean, they were four lines deep. If you can get Zaka going on that third line with Coyle and, I guess, Felino, <laughs> whoever <laughs> hell is playing that other wing, I mean, you could really get something going there. But, you know, I don't know what Zaka's going to do in this system, but I want to see what kind of player he's going to be. And I think that starts in the preseason for him. Yeah, I think in the preseason um... – you know, yeah, we should be looking at Zaka just to see, not even necessarily if he's producing, right? It's more along the lines of seeing if he fits in 
chemistry wise with you know who's who is he out there with who who he's really buzzing around like who's moving the puck to him well who is he moving the puck to creating chances blah 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 it's not even really that like i don't need to see him go out there and play you know i don't know four or five games and get eight points that's not what i'm looking for all i'm really looking at is for him to get comfortable with this lineup uh with whoever he's playing and and just make an impact out there and if he's able to do that then that's only going to grow his confidence and you know his ability to find his more natural spot on the ice when certain guys are out there and just kind of let it all flow yeah you know and that's why hockey hockey's so funny because especially when you look at like olympic teams for example they never i mean unless you're canada because you got the deepest pool of players imaginable but like team usa there are usually like some surprising snubs from the roster. Remember Kyle Ocosa went on this whole rant that he was left off the team USA because it's not so much about just picking the best players out of a hat. Like you need to actually build lines. Like mm-hmm. it's not like uh, the NBA where you can just have, you know, one good player in your, in your, in your lineup and your team is all set. Like every line has a function. Like you need that grit, that grinding line. That's going to be able to swing momentum when it's not going your way. And if you have like, you know, guys who play on the top two lines and their respective team now as fourth liners, it's not going to work. And I think like you just said, like that camaraderie, that kind of uh, meshing with your teammates. And I think kind of not just knowing your role, but like embracing it as well, I think is important for any player on any line. And and Zaka, I mean, I'm not familiar with Zaka, but I think I'm more familiar than him than Zach is. And we were talking about points. Yeah, but I mean, I do know that he was a guy who was a top 10 pick. I do know that he has talent there. And I think the question for him is, is you know, whatever role he's had in the past, can he adapt and can he, can he fit on a third line and can he do what the Bruins need him to do? And I think that's, that's a, a small thing, but I think that it could have a big effect on this Bruins lineup moving forward. Yeah, I mean he's he was I think he went sixth overall in twenty fifteen. Yeah. So he the you don't go sixth overall if you don't have some sort of potential. So and the fact that he's still young, he's still twenty five, he has plenty of time to find his groove and really mesh into a system that has a winning culture, unlike the New Jersey Devils. Like it's not necessarily just a culture either. It's it's the fact that the guys who have grown within the organization with that winning culture as well. Guys like Bergeron, guys like Krejci. Mm. I would even add Pasternak to that, even though he, he hasn't been part of a cup winning team. He's been to a Stanley cup. He knows, you know, he's learned from guys like Patrice Bergeron, but even outside of those three, you got Brad Marchand, you got um, Charlie McAvoy, I'm probably forgetting even I mean even Nick Foligno he's just cuz he's been in the league for such a long time you're around these guys now who know what it knows they know what it takes to at least have a competitive team for a full 82 game regular season plus playoffs so for him to come into a system like that with guys like that it's only going to benefit him and his game and and, and his development so yeah. Yeah, so Zaka coming in is definitely going to be someone to watch. Did you guys see that uh, Chara, Chara came to practice? Did yeah, I did. I almost, I did. I almost tagged Sally. I almost tagged you in that because I wanted, <laughs> I wanted you to see it. <laughs> about the reunion with Lucic coming back and how Chara's back in Boston. Dude. Someone call Mark Recchi. So, <laughs> I, th- I think, I mean, God. People are gonna. People probably had a field day with that, being like, oh, he's going to come back. Like, Chara's back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Absolutely not. No. no. And, and too quickly, just one last thing about 
um, Zaka as well. I know you mentioned, you know, leadership is important on the team, but sometimes all you need is a change of scenery. Yep. I mean, you know, you, you talk about uh, – they're very different players and the talent level is, you know, night and day. But, I mean, you want to compare him to Tyler Sagan. And the guy had, like, 11 goals here his rookie year. I think he had 29 his second year. He got shipped to, to Dallas, went back to his natural position at center, and the guy had, like, 85 points. I mean, he had yep. almost 40 goals that year. Sometimes that's all it takes. I mean, it, it, it definitely takes more than, you know, uh, some some leaders in a locker room and, and uh, you know, living in a new apartment and playing for a new city. I mean, it takes – you got to work for it too. But, you yeah. know, hopefully he has the tools and hopefully he buys in and, and he can become the sixth overall pick that the Devils always thought he was going to be. Yeah, he's – he might be the, the one player on the team this year that I'm honestly looking forward to – watching the most maybe even outside of Krejci because we kind of know what we're going to get with Krejci but we haven't had this kind of talent not talent but we haven't had this kind of a uh, trade in a very long time for the Bruins like yeah Hampus Lindholm yeah you can kind of compare those two but we haven't had a forward like that in a while like Pavel Zaka coming in is a very interesting player for this season and it could go either way but I see it more swinging in a positive direction for him than negative yeah, I think, you know, the word of the season, I think, is uh, is optimism. I mean, the way that last season ended and, you know, Krejci's obviously gone. Uh, Bergeron was on his way out. I mean, you have Bruins fans all over New England thinking, damn, you know, this is this is like the dark days are upon us. And in a matter of months, it's not world-changing news. It doesn't shake up the league. It doesn't shape up the, shake up the East, really, by any means. But... Now Bergeron's back in the fold. You got Krejci back, and, and the Bruins got a guy like Zaka. I mean, Zaka, we, we talk about Zaka and pump his tires, but, I mean, he might never turn into the player that we want him to be. But the fact that we can be excited about that, we can be excited that Krejci and Bergeron's back, we can be excited that this is the last ride, we can be excited that there's a new coach. I mean, there's things to look forward to and to be happy about. And I think, uh, you know, the season, I don't know, we'll see how it ends, but at least there's definitely things, you know, September 13th, 11 days before preseason starts, there's things to be excited about. So, yeah, there, and it really makes me excited too because I mean, what are we now? Eight, this is the eighth episode, eight episodes in, and they've all been off season. So, at this point, just coming on here and talking hypotheticals and, and like comments and stuff, it's like it's still fun, but it's like it's a tease because hockey season's so close. So, now it's like, all right, like, let's get going. It's, it's yeah, so close. Yeah. Let's get going. I mean, it, you know, it, it, hockey too. I mean, you, you want to compare it to other sports. I mean, off seasons in hockey are dead. I mean, dead. it's very rare that star talents, let alone superstar talents, move teams. I mean, this year we were lucky enough to see a big, you know, Kachuk Huberto trade. We saw Johnny Gaudreau do a new team. None of that affects the Bruins unless, you know, I mean, Florida's still a wagon and Columbus just got a little better. But I mean, that's not directly affiliated with the Bruins by any means. And, the, you know, the only reason that we're talking about the addition of a of a 30-point score in Pavel Zaka is because that's all we have. <laughs> right. You know? And, and, and off-seasons are, are hard in any sport to talk about. But, I mean, especially the NHL because they're always dead. There's very rarely yeah. anything that any – no movement ever very rarely happens in hockey. And if it does, it's usually one or two teams and you're blessed if, it's, if your team is the one that's involved because it's like, oh my gosh, that we have something happened to talk about for the next two months. We can talk like, about Imagine, I know it's whatever, but imagine if like Don Sweeney 
didn't get rid of Cassidy, and we didn't even have that to talk about. Yeah, what yeah, was, would seriously. what would we be talking about? I mean, <laughs> you, you want to talk about you know? I mean, you want to talk about the big four? I mean, the last big, the last big Celtics thing, I guess, was uh, I mean, if you want to talk the Kyrie Irving trade, you can talk that. I mean, Red Sox, you want to talk Luki trade? I mean, Patriots, you want to talk about Brady leaving? Mac Jones being drafted. These are things all within the last three years. The last big Bruins trade news, anything is trading Sagan, maybe? I mean, that, yeah. was, almost 10, that was almost 10 so years ago. ago. Yeah. And before oh, that, yeah. it was probably Blake Wheeler, which was, you know, and then Phil Kessel. I mean, you're talking about the last three big trades that the last four big trades that the Bruins have made Sagan, Wheeler, uh, Kessel. Joe Thornton, unless you want to include Chara. Although, was Chara a trade or a signing? No, he was free agency. You're, yeah, it's then getting to the point where, like, I was yeah. not alive in some of these. Yeah, that's four <laughs> trades. Yeah. That's four big trades in the last 20 years that the Bruins have made. I mean, you you can have that many trades for, like, the Celtics or the Patriots who make a plethora of trades. You can have four big trades in an offseason. I mean, yeah. you think of it, it's just it doesn't happen in hockey, and it makes offseasons hard. It Especially does. with a fan base like as passionate as as the Bruins are, you know what I mean. Like if you're yeah. if you're Any, a sport yeah. in Boston and you're the one who's like left out of the news cycle, it sh- it shows. It's very obvious. So the fact that there yeah. is like a little bit of hype surrounding this off off season, at least more than usual, is I think that's enough to to get the people going. Yeah, and and it's funny too because people. I mean, people in the Boston market complain that the Bruins don't get enough coverage, and they're absolutely right. They don't talk about the Bruins, especially anymore, as much as they do with other teams, if you want to talk like big sports radio or whatnot. But it's like, at the same time, what is there to talk about? I mean, are you going to spend all day talking about the hiring of Montgomery, or are you going to spend all day talking about uh, Mac Jones, second year, or the Celtics from the finals? I mean, yeah, yeah that's just that's that's part of being a hockey fan, is there isn't always – pressing news or, or big stuff to talk about but that's why it takes the passionate ones of the real fans and that's why you can weed them out <laughs> among the yeah. other ones yeah but even okay so like you said like the last big Bruins trade was probably Sagan right I, I hate to bring so, this yeah. up I hate to bring this up but don't David David Pasternak okay Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis Blues second line forward he just he just signed an eight year, eight and a half million dollar deal. That's the second line forward signing an eight year, eight and a half million dollar deal. Now, it kind of worries me a little bit. Now, I wasn't necessarily worried, you know, a week or two ago. Not really on my mind. But if Jordan Cairo is getting this kind of money, and you know, he's not producing nearly as much as pasta. That only drives up Pasternak's deal by, you know, maybe another million dollars, maybe by another $2 million. And it's getting to the point where it's kind of worrisome a little bit because you know he's going to want to make at least 10 If you get him for under $10 million, you, that's highway robbery. But yeah, you, yeah. It, it worries me a little because you also can't lose him to nothing in free agency. You can't. Yeah. You know what else could make you worry a little bit too is that uh, that Nick Suzuki contract. I mean, I know he's wearing the C now for Montreal, but I mean, the, has the guy even had a seventy-point year? And he just signed so. his career high is sixty-one points. He's eclipsed he's eclipsed fifteen goals once. The guy just signed an eight-year, like almost mm. seventy million-dollar contract. I mean, I would be concerned 
I feel like I would be concerned if it was any player other than Pasta. And I'll keep saying this because he said it himself when he signed that deal with Boston a couple of years ago that what he's making six and a half per for like five years. And he signed that deal when he was like 21. I mean, they had an idea of who he could become. And he said back then when they asked him, why would you sign a contract like this? You know, you could get a lot more in the open market. And he was like, I don't really care, man. I just want to play hockey. Like I just, I, he, he said, he just, money's never been, and if it's never been anything that he's had to worry about. The only thing he has to worry about is like himself playing hockey, his teammates and the team. He loves Boston. He loves the Bruins. He loves his teammates. He's been adamant about playing with David Krejci and Krejci's back. I don't know if he's going to be back in the future, but he's here right now. He's got another check buddy here in, in Zaka. I mean, I think that if Pasta leaves the Bruins, whether it be because the Bruins trade him or because he signed somewhere else, it's the Bruins' fault. It's it's yes. absolutely their fault. If you want to blame, um, they can't. They literally can't sign him because of cap problems. That's their fault for handing out bad contracts and for losing all their assets. If you want to blame, uh, you know, Pasta for for wanting to leave because he doesn't believe in the future of the Bruins anymore, well, that's the Bruins' fault because it's been the writing on the wall for how many years now. This is an aging core. You've got to start making moves. It would be the Bruins' fault if he left. But th- that being said, I'm still confident that he's saying I don't can't picture him going anywhere else. I think he's too. Um, I mean, you want to just not even just uh, you know the Bruins, but like Boston as well. Like he's a very well known player around here. He's a very popular player he's he's fit in right at home with those dunkin donuts commercials and advertisements too i'll tell you that much but um you know i don't know what his number would be but i if if people are worried about the number um i i think that's kind of silly because i don't think anybody knows what the number is i think we know what he deserves but pasta's deserved a lot more than he's made in the past and he's had literally not even a second thought about leaving money on the table he does he's he didn't care in the past so i don't know if he'll care now and I know those quotes were like from five, six years ago, so they could be very different now. But I'm choosing to believe those quotes because the only thing he's ever said about making money in this league is that it's not his priority and that he cares more about where he's playing and who he's playing for. And he's done nothing but but express his admiration and desire to, to be a Boston Bruin. So on that alone, I'm still confident that he's going to stay. Yeah, no, I, I, I do think he's going to stay. Um, it just worries me because they're gonna have to make some moves if they're gonna if they're gonna pay him. They're gonna have to move people just to kind of get that cap money to work. Well, yeah. like how what? So okay, if hypothetically, it seems like like well, when is he up? Is he does he have one more year after this year, or is this his final year under contract? This is his final. This is the okay. this is it. I don't, I don't think that they strike a deal before the season starts, but I don't think that's anything to worry about personally. I don't think that they would have anyways. But, like, you know, if they have, what, like three million cap room, maybe less. I mean, Bergeron, you get Bergeron, Krejci off the books, you're back up to, like, six or seven. Yeah, I mean, you got to move Allmark at some point. If you, I think if you want to re-sign Pasta, I mean, that that's your money right there. I mean, that frees up five mil. You can hand them ten if you really want to. And then – I mean, we've said before, there's going to be some bad years there in the middle. And ideally, what comes with a bad team is not a lot of money on the books. So, you know, it might be a little expensive in the next couple of years if you want to pay a guy like Pasta $10 million just because of the contracts you have left. But give him a long-term deal four or five years from now if hopefully the Bruins realize that they should, you know, this is a rebuilding process. We're not just patching it up, but we're not just – 
doing what they've done in the past. Hopefully by then you're more comfortable and you have, you know, you're able to give them that kind of contract and still put a competitive team on the ice. So yeah, no, we'll see. So we'll see. I, yeah, I think, uh, I think Boston wants to stay in Boston, but he also wants to get, you know, obviously more than his previous contract and money that he deserves as well. I feel like he wants to win too. Like if, if I were, if I were pasta, I would be sort of getting sick and tired of the same old, same old type of story, you know, being so talented and having all the hype and then never being able to finish the job. That would, that would drive me off the wall. I mean, we've seen players in other sports, jump ship like that when they haven't been able to get over the hump yeah that's fair i think that you know i mean i i feel like a lot of the conversation around uh pots and not re-signing has been more on the financial part of it but i think that's a good point i mean the guy wants to win if 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 he's signing a long-term deal and he knows that like half of those years the bruins aren't going to be a good team i mean ah. I think that could be a reason for him wanting to leave. Although mm-hmm. I did find a quote that he said when he signed his contract like five or six years ago. And they asked him, you know, why he left so much money on the table. And he just simply said, I don't play hockey for money, man. You know, he plays it he plays it to have fun and he plays it to win. So hopefully he wants to do that here. But I don't know if you guys saw that that Andy and Rono Twitter account. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a, so. it's it's I believe they're Czech. It's these two Czech guys. I don't know if they're brothers or what, but they're creators of hockey data charts based on analytics. They have about 12,000 followers on Twitter. Um, it's these two guys. They are Czech. And and these whole uh, – there are rumors about Pasta not being happy here. And these were the guys who broke it because they're Czech. And he was in the Czech Republic, I believe, at the time. And it was basically saying that, um, you know, Pasta, like, didn't want to – I don't want to make up a fake quote. But it, it was not positive for the Bruins. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was not encouraging um, him. Do you remember what I'm talking about? It was basically yeah. him alluding. I vaguely, I do vaguely He's remember that actually. In, in Boston in that like there, there was a talk or something. Yeah, no, um, I'm trying. I'm actually trying to find it right now because I oh, do remember I what it. you were talking about. It. Oh, okay. Yeah, they said they said the Boston Bruins would like to re-sign David Pasternak this offseason already. But according to our source, Pasternak is in no rush to sign an extension. Not so good news for Boston. Then they said, it looks like he wants to know if the Bruins still will have a chance to win the Stanley Cup in those next years when Bergeron and Krejci retire, which is what Andrew said. He wants a Stanley Cup so bad, it's his goal. Uh, Don't get us wrong. He still prefers to to stay in Boston. He loves the city, but nothing is sure right now. Maybe we'll see Stamkos Goudreau situation again or something like that in the next summer. So, you know, this is very much, you know, you want to call them fans with sources, go for it, but... I mean, these are guys who have, you know, they, 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 they run a hockey business. I don't think they would be putting out fake hockey news if they didn't believe it. And, you know, you can put a little weight in the fact that they are Czech. So maybe they do have some sort of close person who, who is familiar with pasta or whatever. But those are the reports from uh, August 24th. So that's uh, three weeks ago. Um, that was getting a lot of play on on the airwaves, on the radio, that was kind of circulating Twitter a little bit. They were talking about that, but that's exactly what Andrew just said. I think the the concern about Pasta leaving, I don't think is so much about money or fitting him into the cap. It's it's putting a team around him that he wants to play with. 
Mm-hmm. And for the Bruins, I mean, he's he loves Krejci. I mean, Krejci was his idol growing up. He's very outspoken about that. But you're not going to have him next year, probably. I mean, now you're looking at you know you got to put a team around Pasta, and and that might be hard to do. And maybe he doesn't want to stick around for a rebuild because you know he's, I wouldn't blame him. I yeah no I wouldn't either. I mean he's he's I don't know off the top of my head. I think he's 25, right? And, uh, uh, 25 going on 26, I believe, yeah. 25 going on to 26. Yeah, so, I mean, he's probably got maybe somewhere between... 26. S- yeah, so, yeah. So, he's probably got somewhere between, like, 7 to 10 years left in his career. And if he sticks around Boston for a little bit of a rebuild, that takes away, like, maybe two years, maybe three years until they're really competitive again. Um. So, he's probably, you know, he's probably looking at it at that aspect as well. But I think... They're going to have to get creative after the season if Krejci does decide to really retire, if Bergeron decides to retire. Granted, they do still have pieces that they can work with in, you know, Lindholm, in McAvoy, in Swayman, uh, Lysel coming up. I know he's not proven to be an NHL talent yet, um, but he's at least a positive in the pipeline that we can look at. Um, but really, they're going to have to get deep in center. They're going to they're gonna lose their, your, their number one perennial Hall of Fame center uh, in Bergeron, and they're going to lose David Krejci as well. So that's one and two right there. Um, But yeah, okay. So with that being said, we're about halfway through the episode. So I do want to mention that, you know, with the partnership with Black and Gold Productions LLC uh, at BNG Productions on Twitter, we're also sponsored by uh, Cano Wellness. So something's Bruins listeners. It's time to talk about the amazing Cano Wellness company. Cano Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Cano Sleep, Cano Med, Cano Fresh, and Cano Boost. It's a trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. That's pretty quick. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on Canna Wellness Company to support high performance. Let's talk about each product. Canna Boost. Canna Boost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize in a healthy way. Use daily before you work out when studying for an exam, and other times you need increased clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canamend provides the after-party liver support and work fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. So, Andrew, you can use that after the Bruins win the Stanley Cup and you guys have a rager at Uh (laughs) UMass. But this unique oral spray supplement is uh, blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Can of Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Can of Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. And finally, the last um, product that they produce is Can of Sleep. Can of Sleep is, is an all-natural and vegan sleep aid and is convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much you sleep, how much sleep you need. 
If you want to try these amazing Canna Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to canna-wellness.com and use our promo code BNG25. That's BNG25 to get 25% off everything on the Canna Wellness website. Thank you, Canna Wellness, for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins-related podcast. Uh, oh yeah, thank God, you to Canna Wellness. Should, what, what was that online shopping thing that had like a, a TV network? Uh, like the infomercials. Yeah, but there was like there was like a certain channel. And at one time, I watched infomercials for upwards of forty minutes, waiting for. <laughs> I know, thought you know, NFL Network was on, and I. You know when you're you know when you're like scrolling through TV and like there's paid programming that comes on. Mm-hmm. I used to always frantically change the channel because I thought that we were the ones who had to pay to watch <laughs> watch the channel. <laughs> I literally found out. I, I swear to God, I literally found out like. Maybe a year and a half ago. They're paying to be on channel. They're like, oh, it's not you know, like, me paying for you it. Know, like when I was a kid and I'm like flipping through the channels, you know, my parents aren't home and I'm flipping through the channels, all of a sudden paid programming comes in. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I gotta change the channel quickly. I don't want to get charged for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I remember once I, I told my parents, I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I, I I wasn't I had I was upstairs. Paid programming was on for like two hours. I didn't know. They were like a, Okay. Yeah. That was like, you know, just if you see it on the bill, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> your dad goes up to your mom after he, he's like, why, why is he freaking out over yeah, his no, infomercial? No, no, no. like, like, we, we sent him to college. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. By the way, that was, uh, that was about a year ago. <laughs> hey, oh, so, God. so since Andrew's on this episode, um, we're going to start something different. I know last week or the last two episodes, really, we uh, we did a most hated NHL all-time players list. And now we're going to jump into the first round of an NHL all-time loved oh, players let's go, list. Baby. What if, hang on, what if we can, what if we do no Bruins players? Because I feel like that would be too easy. I feel like we would just have three lineup filled with Bruins players. Yes, you have a question. Question, Andrew. Um, what... How long do they have to be on the Bruins to be considered a Bruins player? I think – how about this? How about this? We can only pick one Bruin. Okay. Did you, guys hear, did you hear that? Yeah. Is that Thunder? Yes, it is. I think – I thought that was of, a fan the whole time. I no, just thought I, you had an I legitimately fan. might get electrocuted tonight. All right. Well, so if Andrew if Andrew drops from this episode, we can, you can <laughs> blame the you Thunder. You, you could, you could <laughs> name this uh, – Electric episode eight podcast. <laughs> like what happened to Billy Joel with the light? It's just gonna happen to Andrew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so let me uh, randomly generate the draft order here. Same thing. We'll do a snake draft. Uh, let's see here. So Andrew, Nick, and Mel. We'll do it automatically generated. Andrew, Nick, and, and Mel. It. Oh, and it goes. <laughs> How did you forget yourself? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it goes. Mel first. Andrew second, me last. Uh, okay. Thank goodness. So, all right. I know who I want with my first pick. All right. Start yes. us off. I feel like, yeah. Okay. All right. I feel like this shouldn't even – I feel like he should be on not just Bruins fans' list of their most liked players, but every single list from every single fan of every team in the NHL and the KHL, damn it. My center is Patrice Bergeron. He is wow. the most beloved player to ever grace – the professional ice surface and 
I would like to add that he's done it all. Gold medalist, Stanley Cup winner. Mm, used to true. have a great head of hair with some frosted tips when he was first drafted. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> have you guys seen when he was like that picture of him standing on the bench and he's yeah. full blonde? <laughs> I I don't think I have actually. Also, there's some you know, there's something to be said about being a Hall of Fame guy on and off the ice. I think that Patrice Bergeron is like one of the most gentlemanly people ever. And as I said last episode, um if if there's a shit, what did I say? <laughs> Something else. <laughs> wait, wait, no, no. If, if I want, I want Bergeron to be the captain of my deserted island. Something along those lines. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I wanted him to be the captain that. of my island. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good pick. That's a solid one-one. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good first uh, overall pick for an all NHL all-time loved. You can't hate Bergeron. No. So who's up, me or you, Michael? Um, you. All right, um, this this guy right here, he's also going to be my captain. Um, but you know, never never was a Bruin, never was somebody who I feel like I ever rooted against. Actually, he made this team growing up my second favorite team just because he was on it. And I'm gonna go locking down the blue line, Nicholas Lindstrom. Oh, actually, that's a I, that's a really yeah, good I didn't pick. Mind Nick Lindstrom. Yeah, Lindstrom was really cool. Like, Andrew, especially with you, too, because that's, like, the era of hockey that you really, really yep. – before you really got into football, that's the era yeah. of hockey you really watched. I have a PhD in 2011 to 13. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so then I guess I'll go with me. Um, all right. So I oh, got two in a, I got oh, in a row here. Did he get struck by lightning? <laughs> he might have got struck by lightning. Oh Andrew gosh. might be struck by lightning. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh, he just froze. <laughs> He's frozen. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> Wait, take a picture of that. Oh, no. Oh, no. For everyone listening, he just texted us what happened. <laughs> All right. So now that Andrew's gone, I guess I'll just, you know, I'll send him the, I'll send him the link and hopefully he jumps back in here. But we'll keep going with the draft. He should be back quickly, honestly. But. With my pick for my most loved for my first pick, I would probably I'm back. Go... <laughs> hey, he's back. Andy, Andy's back. And hey, was it was it the thunder? Did the thunder get you? Yeah, thunder got me good. <laughs> I went I went downstairs to see what was going on, and uh, we have we have like the Paramount Plus on the TV, and it was just having an aneurysm all over the screen, yeah. freaking out. <laughs> freaking oh, I out. just I just got Paramount Plus today. Really. Ooh, uh, yeah, hashtag not watch. sponsored. Hashtag <laughs> no free ads. Hashtag <laughs> no free <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Let's jump, let's just jump. Let's just jump back into the draft. Um, most loved. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a forward, and I'm gonna go with Yarmir Yager. Oh, you son of a bitch! Because he he played like in our era too, which is wild. But the thing that I liked about him, honestly, is at the end of his career, he just, I loved his hair, but at the end of the end of his career, he just kind of bounced around from like team to team. He, he would just sign one year deals bouncing around the league. And I kind of, I respected that. Yeah. He was a, he was a mercenary. He was, he, he was, was like, he did like his own little farewell tour. Yeah, he literally did. You know what? I bet he. I bet he was just like, "Where are places that I would like to spend like a lot of time? Yeah, like, where would I like to spend a year?" 
I, I liked him so much actually growing up that in, in youth hockey for the Tribro Titans, shout out, go Titans forever. <laughs> um, I, when I scored, I would take off my glove and salute the crowd. Oh, you were a special. <laughs> uh-huh, the veterans uh-huh. must have been going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have back to back picks. So like... Grammy was in the stands going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pick a goalie. I'm gonna go with Tim Thomas. Oh, he's, okay. He's probably so there's your Bruin. There's your Bruin. There's my Bruin. Yeah, is the Augur not count as your Bruin? No, oh, he's hmm. a penguin. No, he's a penguin. Right. No, well, it's fair. he's that's a fair. panther. Let's be honest. And a devil. And, and a Dallas star. <laughs> and wherever the hell he played in overseas. Yeah. <laughs> in the, in the I mean, if you think about Tim Thomas, Tim Thomas is like legitimately one of my favorite players of all time. I can get behind that. Dude, he didn't even play goalie. He would just dive around the. He would literally just dive around the ice making yeah. saves. It was crazy. He, he was what happens when like a street hockey goalie like can skate pretty well, and is just incredibly lucky the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just the greatest street hockey goalie of all time. He really, he actually is unbelievable. But so I he just was very talented. Team. I don't want to take anything away from from Timmy T. He was unbelievably good. But wait. If you had to guess, how long do you think his career was? How many years? You mean when he was good or when he entered the league? No, just left? just total. I want to say eight years. Yeah, I'd say about uh, ten or eleven. It was eight. I'm gonna die. Really? Randy, <laughs> yeah, Randy I'm got that you. one. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> 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 All right, so yeah, I just took my two guys, so now it goes right back to Andrew. He's got All right. the second pick. Okay, uh, my second pick. I'm not going to take a goalie, Mel, out of respect for you. Um, but I think, you know, just to, just, to maintain, just to maintain the camaraderie on this team and <laughs> to make sure that, you know, this isn't just the most liked team on the outside, but also internally. I'm going to take a teammate of good old Nick's. I'm going to go Pavel Datsuk. Whoa! Yep. That's an excellent pick. Wow. That's who I was going to take. God damn That's you. who I was going to take and put him at goalie. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, no. Oh. <laughs> Why'd I believe you? Because you did the same thing last week. <laughs> yeah, mine at least was believable. Aaron, Aaron Rome down the pipe. <laughs> Aaron Rome... Trying to fight people in the face off that. <laughs> they drop the puck, he drops the gloves. <laughs> Can't win a face off, but he can win the fight. <laughs> okay. And now it's my pick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got back to back. All right. I'm, I'm taking a goalie with the first one. And it's kind of funny because this is the goalie of Zach's most hated team, but he's yeah. the goalie of my most beloved team. And I'm taking Mark Andre Fleury. Wow. Mm. I'm Mark a big Mark. I did not like those Penguins teams because they won. And that usually happens with teams that win a lot. But Flurry was a very likable guy, I thought. I mean, he's a good goalie. He's a good guy in the community. Never heard anybody ever say anything bad about him in his entire life. That must have been incredibly difficult getting shipped off from Pittsburgh to where to go, Vegas first? Yeah, I mean, Vegas and then Chicago. I mean, you were drafted by Pittsburgh when you're 18. You spend your entire life there. They bench him for Matt Murray in the playoffs, and he's like totally, you know, he understands. He's okay with it. 
goes to Vegas and just wins a Vesna. Like, are you kidding me? The guy was 35 when he did it too. And I mean, that's more about how he's a good, uh, you know, a good player, but just a genuinely well-liked guy uh, was never, unfortunately, I don't think he was ever considered truly the best of his generation because he played at the same era as Carey Price and Henrik Lundqvist. But the amount of time he's been playing as good as he has, never in the media for any scandals, unlike other goalies. That's all I'll say about that. But <laughs> I love, I, I've always loved Marc-Andre Fleury. I just hated the team he played for. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how deep you go into, like, YouTube holes, but, like, Fleury is an all-time locker room, like, prankster, too. Apparently. <laughs> so, like, he's just a good dude, and he seems like such a fun guy to just hang around with. He just seems like a genuine person. Yeah. And I know there's only so much you can, you can you know, understand what a person's like, what, you know, just watching him in interviews or, or whatever it might be. But, like, I don't, he just seems like a good dude. I just always thought he was a very authentic guy. What you said too, Michael, makes total sense because he looks mischievous. He always looks like he's scheming something. <laughs> he does, he honestly. I always thought he looked a little bit like Danny Briere. <laughs> Wasn't he on your most hated team? He was. I do not <laughs> like Danny Briere. I'm pretty I sure. Um, doppelganger. I'm pretty sure there's a um, there's a clip on YouTube of Flurry filling. It might have been Crystal Tang. I think they were on a practice one day and Flurry got off the ice early or whatever. And Flurry just filled Chris Letang's entire inside of his car up with popcorn. And then Letang, <laughs> like, Letang came out after practice. He's like, what the hell is going on in my car right now? You, it, it's funny because there's usually something you do to like, you know, rookies or like yeah. first year guys. He's doing it to Chris Letang. Better <laughs> like, yeah. one of the best defensemen of the last decade. That's awesome. I, I, have, a, I have back-to-back picks, right? Yep. All right, I'm going to take my first defenseman. Um, I don't know. He Okay, I'll tell you what team he's going to play on. I feel like you're going to get it right away. He was on San Jose. Very lovable guy. Big guy, would lay people mm. out. He's just like – you like I, some professional athletes, I feel like it's hard to get an identity out of them. But, like, Brent Burns was yeah. freaking hilarious. Like, he's – yeah, and, and uh, like, you know, hockey players come in all different shapes and sizes and they all, you know, have different, uh, char- you know, they have different characters and whatnot. But like Brett Burns, I thought was like one in a million. I thought that like he would he would show up to, you know, NHL awards, not a single tooth in his head, didn't care. <laughs> you know, he's wearing like camo or whatever the heck he was wearing. Just like a funny guy who I would love to hang out with. And really good player on San Jose, but I'm sure Kings fans would have a different impression of him. But I feel like he's another guy who's genuinely well liked around the NHL. I mean, I'm you know I'm a guy who's a Boston Bruins fan, not even in the same conference as San Jose. And I mean, I, every time the Sharks are on TV, I would want to watch it for Brent Burns because he's a good player. And he's a funny guy. I mean, his beard too. Him yeah, and Joe Thornton on the beard. same team. That's crazy. That is amazing. <laughs> and was he was he not a was he not a forward that they made a defenseman? I know he they was, did that with Buffett, he was. They did that with Brent Burns too, and like he excelled at it. He won a Norris. Like, I'm pretty like, sure, amazing. Yeah, I mean, if you could transform from a forward to a defenseman in the NHL and then win the Norris Trophy as the best NHL defenseman, yeah, that's, yeah. Crazy. that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, before, before you know, Victor Hedman was, and now Kale McCarr were the kings of of defensemen. It was very much. Who would you rather have, Eric Carlson or Brent Burns? Like he was that guy. 
I mean, he could go out there and he could get, he had 29 goals in a, in one season from a defenseman. I mean, it's unheard of. And on top of that, the guy doesn't have a tooth in his head. He's a goofy <laughs> bastard and he's funny as hell. Like that's, how can you not like Brent Burns? Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. That was a good Thank one. you. All right. So now Andrew, it is, uh, it's your, <laughs> it's your second pick here. All right. Yep. First try. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to set up my forwards for success here. So okay. you know, if we're talking about talking about an all-time steezy player, all-time I want to be this guy and an influencer on the the numbers game, the jersey numbers game. Give me Patrick Kane. Ooh. Oh. That's a good pick. I don't like that pick. Really? You don't like Patrick Kane? Is he not like a predator? I don't think so. No, Didn't he's in the Blackhawks. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Damn it, that was a good one. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know he had beef with the taxi driver in Buffalo. I knew. That. I thought. I, that I thought it was. I thought it was the trainer. I didn't think it was him. He oh no, the trainer. A, yeah, he had a sexual assault charges against him. Did he? I thought that was... I so seven was months after cool. allegations of him. No, Patrick Kane's sex assault case. All right. And, oh, no, no, no. Andrew, Andrew I loves, can't veto? Andrew loves... No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say that, you know, the charges... He, he did not face any charges, but uh, he did face allegations of committing sexual assault. Mm. And I believe this was, like, a season after they won that Stanley Cup. I think this was 2015, 20, uh, 2016 was when it was. It was a little bit after that. All right, so now so now I got back-to-back uh, picks here. I'm going to go with one on my wing to go along with Yager. Martin St. Louis. Ooh. Oh! Yeah. Wow. Him and his, him and his yellow head. stick. The bobble. Do you guys remember in the NHL Awards? Uh, where it was like some housewives were announcing the pick, and oh. there and St. Louis Martin St. Louis won, and they go Martin St. Louis, and everyone's yes. like, everyone they panned the crowd. And I was like, what did they just say? <laughs> I do remember that. I think it was like the uh, the, like Desperate Housewives or whatever from like that show. But sounds like it. Yeah, regardless. So yeah, I take St. Louis, and then I'm gonna take a center actually from the same team and that's mr vincent lecavalier wow tell the story tell the story this is this seems targeted (laughs) it's not but this i mean it might i might be a little biased um we we live near the new england sports center which if people don't know that's an like an eight rink complex it's it's the it's the largest indoor ice rink in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was second. It was the largest on the East Coast. The largest was in Minnesota, but it has recently surpassed it and is now the biggest in the country. Yeah, so they have, like, tournaments down there all the time. So my buddy who works at a hotel texted me, and he was like, hey, I think Vincent LeCavalier is here. And I looked at my phone, and I was like, there's no way that it's, like, the like the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, fake Vincent LeCavalier. Yeah, and, and I was like... <laughs> I was like, well, send me a pick really quick. So he snuck a pick and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's Vincent LeCavalier. So I went down to the hotel at, to the bar and I just sat down with LeCavalier for like two hours. And, you know, he was nice enough to talk to me and he was actually doing scouting work for the Canadians 
when um he you know went on his laptop at the bar and me and him were just talking about Shane Wright and Slavkovsky and what do you know they took Slavkovsky over Shane Wright and we'll see how wow. that pans out in the future but and you didn't yeah. think to tell him about me yeah I, uh, I I I told them to listen to the Something's Brewing podcast. <laughs> do you do you think you had any influence? Like, do you think if he hadn't met you that night, that he would have gone with Shane Wright? I'm the one who drafted Yarosh Slavkovsky. It wasn't them. It was me. It was to me. sabotage the Canadians. I was sabotaging. Yeah. Uh, imagine, imagine your you know your buddy texts you that. First of all, that would be. To, uh, you don't just if you're gonna pick a random name out of the hat to say that some guy looks like this person at the bar, you're not saying Vinny LeCavalier. No, <laughs> <Of all laughs> names. And that would have been funny if, if you showed up and he's literally the only person in the bar and you just waltz <laughs> over and squat right next to him. <laughs> I don't even leave a seat between us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you, Vinny. <laughs> yeah. hey, 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 Vinny, I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it must be nice for that. I mean, I, you know, the guy eats, breathes, and sleeps hockey. It must be nice to go to, I mean, especially in Montreal. I'm sure he probably can't go anywhere around there without people recognizing him. It must be nice going to, you know, a bar in uh, Central Mass and sitting down and not having anybody recognize you until this dummy waltzes in. And- <laughs> until I walk in. <laughs> are, you, are you Vincent LeCavalier? <laughs> like, holy shit, it's you. Cool I'm, I'm sure he probably he probably enjoyed talking to that. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't like being recognized, you know? Yeah, I love I mean, you in NHL 07, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you're a great cover athlete. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, he was he was a cool guy, and he... I mean, now he didn't seem bothered by me talking to him, but <laughs> who knows? But um, yeah, so Le Cavalier, St. Louis, Yager are uh, my forwards. So now we'll bounce back down to Andrew. Um, all right, all right. So it seems like we have a rowdy bunch on my team. Um, a rowdy bunch. <laughs> we need, you know, Lindstrom might not be enough to to keep these guys in check. So left wing, I'm gonna take. Probably my favorite player of all time. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the grade eight. I'm gonna go Alex okay. Ovechkin. Mm. That's a good That's pick. A good I was pick. I was debating on him in St. Louis, and I ended up just taking St. Louis. Uh, you know, you know what I've thought about pretty much every single day since I was like 12 years old. When <laughs> I was when I was playing hockey in the Flames, we did like an end of the season like booklet thingy, and like like they would one of the moms did it and like every kid would get like a piece of paper and they're just like little questions, you know, like what's your favorite moment from the season or something. And at the end of the year, everybody had their own page with their pictures and their questions. And one of the questions was, uh, who is your hero? And I was like, Oh man, I love Ovi. So I wrote my heroes are Alexander Ovechkin. And I was like, I guess I got to say Wayne Gretzky. Right. So I wrote the two of them. I get the book and I'm flipping through the pages and like every single person was like my dad, my grandpa, <laughs> like my parents, you know, like my, like my third grade teacher. And you get to, you know, my page, yeah. Alexander Ovechkin and Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. You, they you doubled down. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> this was also the same team. I missed team pictures because I forgot my pants. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And That's they it. were, they were, two team pictures in the entire book one of the team pictures was at a tournament at the sports center funny enough 
and I literally fell while they were taking a picture. That's the only picture they took. That's a picture they used. So all you can see is me standing. I'm, I'm all the way to the right, and all you can see is my arm. And, like, you can see, like, a little mesh of white falling. So that's the first picture. The second picture, I'm not even in it. I, I remember sitting in the locker room. Everything is on except for my pants. Like, I, and, and if you play hockey, you know how stupid you look when you have yeah. – all of your gear on except for your hockey pants. It's Why like did I they just like... put you in the back row. Because I'm tall, they could see that my, <laughs> my shiny, my yellow jock through everybody. Yeah. They could see my knees. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen my dad more mad that day than when he dropped me off and we're getting ready for pictures. And I, I, I walk, I walk out. <laughs> dad, I forgot my pants. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the classic. Like, mom, I need a trifold by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> mom, I threw up. <laughs> mom, mom, I threw up. Mom, I threw up. Oh, like, it was no. so embarrassing. And I it's... still have that book. And every now and then I flip through it. And I go, damn, I'm such a tool. Oh, no, that's gosh. so funny. It's uh, it's funny you said that because at the end of the year, at the end of hockey season, like you usually a team will do something like a picture or like they'll they'll get something for the coaches or whatever. I'll never forget. And this was this was a moment where I finally realized, like, damn, I am just not with it at all times. <laughs> they they handed out three pucks right to the locker room, three pucks for and sharpies for everybody to sign. So they give me. <laughs> They give me the puck. They give me the puck first. They give me a sharpie. I'm like, oh, sick. <laughs> and it's like, who's this for? They're like, coach. Is they awesome? So I just John Hancocked that thing and I signed the entire puck. <laughs> just, just me. <laughs> and I handed it back to I handed it back to one of the parents, and they were like, they were like, this was supposed to be for the whole team. <laughs> And you're, how old were you? I was like 12 or 13. I just signed the whole thing. And I put my number on it. You had your chicken scratch across the whole cock. Just Mike Sullivan and Mike Sullivan, number 12. Number 12. Across the whole you thing. Had your number. Oh, it was my number. So I, was like, I was like, I'm going to give this to Coach. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, that's so yeah. Funny. Um, yeah. So Andrew just took Obi. Nick, you have back to backs. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say that you like sat there and colored it in with a sharpie or something. <laughs> no, <I> just... <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Uh, I only, I only, how many forwards? I only have one forward, right? Just Bergie. Yeah, just Bergeron. All right. I'm gonna get his wings. The f- the the first wing that I'm gonna get. Gonna be honest. Didn't really think much about him. Until uh, that riveting shootout in uh, Sochi in the Olympics. Ooh. Didn't like him because he was on St. Louis. Didn't really like him. Uh, he, I, he went to Washington after the Olympics, but but he's got a great head of hair, and he's an American through and through. And that's TJ so- TJ Oshi. TJ oh, Sochi. As we TJ Sochi. That's, um, a, good, that's a great pick. I was thinking about taking him, right actually. Now. I feel like every American should have TJ Oshie on their list for what he did for this country. I mean, that was the greatest, the greatest showing since uh, '76, mm-hmm. right? When the U.S. Yeah. took those colonies from England. I mean, no, <laughs> Oshie's going in there and just lighting Russia up. TJ Oshie deserved a purple medal or a purple I, heart, a purple heart yeah. for that. <laughs> I think was I don't know if there was anybody cooler on the planet that night than TJ Oshie. Oh no, probably at all. not. Talk about like the United States personified, just like this cocky guy 
with long hair just going in and just banging in goal after yeah. goal after goal after goal in the shootout. And, like, who were they playing? I don't remember who they were playing. But whoever they were playing, like, kept cycling different different players was going in for them in the shootout. And, the and like, like Oshie would skate back to the bench, and they were like, get your ass back to center ice, buddy. You're going again. <laughs> and the guy just kept scoring. Like, he kept going over and over. Couldn't I've never him. seen anything like that before. I'm pretty sure they were playing Russia, which is just hilarious. Were they really? That's I'm like ninety percent sure they were playing Russia. Yeah, playing Russia in Russia. The yes. US just comes in and TJ Oshie just just cracks on their hopes and dreams. I love it. He is my he's my left winger next to Bergeron, and then I need yeah. a I need a right winger. So I'm gonna take a guy that was on the Bruins for about a year, wanted them to resign him, but they didn't. Um, he was supposed to come to Boston the year before, but he was traded here when I went to bed. And when I woke up, he was sent to the Penguins, <laughs> and then the Bruins swept their asses in four games at Eastern Conference Final. I'm taking Jerome Ginla. That's a good pick. I, yeah, I always loved Ginla when he was on. I can understand people having feelings towards him when he was in Pittsburgh because now he's on Pittsburgh, and when he was in Boston because now he's in Boston. But when he was in Calgary, he was beloved. I mean, because the Flames sucked. And he was their only good player. And it's like, man, this guy is just sticking out in Calgary, putting up 40, 50 gold seasons in his sleep. And, like, I'm sure Canadians talked about him, but if you want to talk in terms of American hockey, I feel like you know who Aginla was, but you didn't really follow the Flames. And I think because of that, I mean, Aginla was a universally beloved player. And I, I can't think of any rivals that the Flames could have back then because they were hot ass, as was the rest of Canada. I mean, Edmonton's always sucked. <laughs> Winnipeg was in Atlanta, like you know. They were, yeah, Winnipeg I, I was in America. <laughs> I can't think. I can't think of a natural rival that that the Flames had back then. So if you want to add that in the mix too, I love Jerome Gidler. So throw him on the right wing. Yeah, that's a great pick. I was yeah, gonna was rectify really my one. Patrick Kane pick with taking a Gidler, but I guess, Andrew, he's, I guess he's staying. Andrew, have you taken a goalie yet? No. Right? Uh, no, I need a. I need another defenseman. I need a goalie. Okay. And, I'm going to actually take one of my defensemen right now. Um, this is going to buck the trend that I've, that I've taken. You know, I have a lot of, a lot of veteran guys, you know, retired or, you know, close to it. But here's a guy. I'm going to use my Chris Collinsworth right here. Now, here's, here's a guy. guy. Here's a guy that is coming and taking <laughs> the league by storm. And he's made this team a fan favorite immediately and you know i know him well right because he played in my backyard so yeah god damn it kale mccarr that's uh, the blue line. i was gonna take him dude you can't go you mass go you mass <laughs> i was gonna take him dude he's so much fun to watch i feel like he's okay honestly andrew i can ask you this because like you said in earlier ep- in last episode like you really football is your first sport and then basketball then hockey mm-hmm. i feel like Kale McCarr has kind of single-handedly like I'll send you some Kale McCarr videos and you'll actually be like holy crap like I feel like him and McDavid alone their two highlights yeah. are actually like, growing the game more than everybody else in the league yeah like I don't I don't remember uh who they were playing but that that clip when he's skating up the wall and then he uh, just Chicago Chicago and then he just he just like pivots and leaves whoever was behind him in the dust and then has that gross backhand and he puts it like he roofs it. That is one of the grossest goals I've ever seen in my whole life. 
I watch that still. If I'm, you know, if I, if I, if I have a test and I'm like, I need, I need a little something, something, you know, <laughs> throw on the Kale McCarr tape, gets you going. No, it's actually, I, I, I was going to mention that highlight too. That was the most disrespectful goal that I've ever seen in my entire life. No, Nick, you know, I don't, have you seen one, it? Yeah. The most disrespectful goal I've ever seen was that goal that Datsyuk had when he walked Logan Couture like a dog in the corner when he did that little dangle and, like, it looked like Couture was Bambi on ice and he just went right down. That was insane. But that that, um, Kill McCarr one was gross. Also, that Connor McDavid goal when he, like, picked the puck up at the blue line, turned, skated around, and then just, like, shot out of a cannon and just went through, like, four guys, little dilly-dally, they're hooking him, holding him. He gets through everybody in front of the goalie. Quick little front hand, backhand, roots it. Like it's just seamless. Like you can't. I, I can't even dream about doing that kind of shit. Yeah. And here you have you know kids in their early twenties are doing it. It's like oh it's, my lord. There's something that, about like you. There's something unguardable about being on a different level in in terms of skating ability. Like you could you could have the craziest hands of all time. But like a lucky poke check, you're gonna knock the puck off someone's stick. Or if you play the body, you know, in the corner, if you can get a, a, a hold of them, then you're gonna free the puck. But if you can just fly by everybody and you, you don't get knocked off balance when you know someone makes contact with you, how are you gonna stop that? If it's if you're just a runaway train, yeah, especially, uh, especially the one you were talking about, Mel. The McDavid one, it was against the Rangers. And I I I honestly this sounds so stupid, but like that might have been the nastiest goal I've ever seen, just like hockey wise. Just the, everything. I, I I won't forget. I like I still remember where I was when I watched that. Like I was yeah, I was in my bed on watching it on my laptop and it and he backed out and then he just flew back in. And at one point I literally I screenshot a part of it. Um there were four guys, four defensemen, literally, so sur- like, ar- like around him, like a fortress. And he yeah. somehow, he like lifted the stick of one of the defensemen who was in front of him, put the puck past him, scooted by him, had a breakaway for a, you know two seconds, and just made the nastiest move that I'd ever seen in my entire life. I, I think it, it was so nasty. It was such a just a obscene act of skill because like you know you like you look at nhl highlights they're like greatest goals ever and it's always like some like slick dangles you know that's only because the defenseman was out of position or it's only because uh you know you caught a guy at a, at a bad angle or whatever it might be the rangers did nothing wrong they played that as well as you possibly could mcdavid's just better than everybody like it's insane and like you can look at you know i'm sure you could probably think of some of the prettiest goals you've had in the last 10 years of nhl hockey and it's usually like what andrew just said like kale mccarr stopping on a dime and shaking a guy or like one of the many moves that that's you can do and just undress somebody but like Connor mcdavid just skated through everybody like that that doesn't happen And especially, like you just said, it was a fortress. There's four guys on the Rangers. They all knew what he was going to do, and he did it anyways. Like, that's insane. And, like, like, skill in hockey is 
like I always appreciate skill in other sports because like I'm not very good at basketball. So like, you know, watching a guy dunk is cool because I can't dunk. Or like watching a guy hit like a 500 foot home run is cool because I didn't hit any home runs when I was playing baseball. But like that makes two of in, us in, in <laughs> hockey, like to be a good skater, like you have to put skates on your feet when you're two years old. Like you, it's not a sport. If you jump into hockey when you're 12, 13 years old, you will never make the NHL. You never will because it takes so long and like so many hours and it's it's such like uh you can't do anything in hockey if you can't skate so like Connor McDavid and Kale McCarr are the two best skaters I've ever seen in my entire life and there's a reason that they're making people look silly every single night because they're just better skaters than everybody else they can do everything people can't do like it's insane and it gets you excited honestly because, I mean, these are kids, again, they're 24. Mm-hmm. Kale McCart is 23. I mean, he was in college with me two years ago. I watched him when he came to Quinnipiac. And it's or, no, he was in the NHL for three years. But you know what I mean? Three, four years ago. And, like, it's amazing to see what these kids are doing. And they're not even – they're years away from their prime. And it's like, what's the next wave of kids that are coming up? They talk yeah. about this Conor Bedard guy. He, I mean, he's not going to be oh David. But, like, God. this oh. is a oh, – look at your reaction. I, mean, I don't know. Like, he's – it's insane. Like you look at like, I don't know, 20 years ago, Joe Thornton, first overall pick guy wins MVP when he was like 21. Can it get any better than this? Like, yeah. Like yeah. look at the players that are coming in now. McDavid's getting a hundred plus points when he's like 19 years old. McCarr, a defenseman is carrying his team to the Stanley cup when he's 23. I mean, this is stuff that's like literally hasn't been done in decades. Like Kale McCarr was, is the only player in NHL history. No, it's him, like freaking Bobby Orr, and like some other all-time great are like the only players to win <laughs> Stanley Cup, uh, Conn Smythe, Norris, or whatever he did in one season. And this kid just did it at 23. It's I insane. Think, I think it was Nicholas Lidstrom, Bobby Orr, and Kel McCarr. Which is – uh, in- My team's looking nasty. <laughs> <laughs> which is insane. I mean, like uh, we talked about it before, like – the greatest minds in hockey, you know, like I'll say this much, like whatever you think about like sports media is what you think. But like, I've always found that like NHL network, like those people know their shit. Like yeah, ESPN is a lot of clickbaits. Like you want to watch like fantasy football live. They're usually a little better, but like people on like NHL network, people around the game who call hockey know what they're talking about. Like they're respectful voices or either ex players or they've been around the league forever. And like, these are the same people that are saying that Kale McCarr is the best talent that they've ever seen since Bobby Orr. And like, they don't say that shit lightly. And it's just amazing. Like what Andrew was saying, this is a guy who was in his freaking backyard and mm. it, what, uh, where is UMass? Where in Massachusetts? Uh, Western mass in the middle of the sticks. He's in freaking wherever, just playing Amherst, hockey. Yeah. yeah, that's what Amherst, Massachusetts, playing hockey. And now, then this is a guy who's being whispered among the greats when he's my age, and I'm sitting here recording the podcast. It's a good, it's a good, pod, good podcast, though. Good it pod. is. It but is. It is. It, it is wild because I remember there was one. Uh, I got to see him play at UMass twice, but when you would go watch him play live against college kids, you could just tell immediately you were like, Oh my God, this kid 
is going to be a problem. I don't know where he's going to get drafted, blah, 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 whatever. But you could tell even back then that he was a standout on the ice. And that's against Division One, you know, Hockey, hockey, East, hockey East talent. And mm-hmm. Hockey East is is one of the better uh, collegiate divisions as well. It's like us and, you know, whatever Minnesota Duluth is in, whatever whatever division that is. But, um. Yeah, the fact that he that the fact that he got to play his college career like an hour away from us is actually kind of insane. He's crazy because I didn't when when I think I was a I was a sophomore in college I believe I might have been a freshman when UMass came to Quinnipiac and UMass was number one at the time I think QU was two or three they might have been four like we were top five as well I say we like I was on the team. Um, but Kill McCarr came, and I remember I was there with my buddy Joe, who's who played uh, hockey at uh, Burlington, Burlington, Mass, D1, like a, a good school. And this kid, like, lived and breathed hockey, and he, he would not stop talking about Kale McCarr. And, like, I, I, you know, the guy was just a top pick in the draft. Like, I should have known more about him, but I really didn't. And at the time, the kid was saying, like, like this guy is, like – like holy shit like make sure you're sitting down when he's skating because like you like you're gonna pass out like he's that good and it's funny because like you like he didn't do much on the stat sheet during the game but like every time he touched the puck i mean quinnipiac was sending three to four guys his way because he he could take it he could score anytime he touches the puck and i mean this is d1 college hockey 18 year old kid playing a top five team in the entire country and they're sending the house to this kid every single time he touches the puck it was amazing. Yeah, no, he. I would give up anything to get him on the on the uh, on the Bruins, but not McAvoy though. <laughs> I don't know, man. No, I'm just kidding. But, oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, all right. So Nick just took, or I'm sorry, uh, Andrew just took Makar. So that leaves yeah. me with back to backs for my two defensemen. Honestly, personally, maybe not their skill wise, whatever, but just. This guy was my favorite player growing up. Uh, I lived and breathed number 55, Johnny Boychuk, Johnny Rocket. He's uh, you already got Tim loved. Thomas, you freaking Oh, child. I did. Oh, yeah, you oh, I can't. T- okay, hang on. Time out. Then we'll reset that. All right. Then with uh, my – ooh, I got two Good defense. Good call, players. Mel. I was listening. I wanted to take him too, and I was like, damn it. I already took freaking Bergey. Oh, well, ju- just take uh, just take out the Islanders or the Colorado version of Johnny no, Butcher. Yeah. Those ones sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So, third pick here. I got back to backs. I got two defensemen to take. Um, one I'm gonna go with. He played for the L.A. Kings. Still plays for the L.A. Kings. Mister Drew Doughty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. Shit talker, Drew Doughty. Oh my God. He's so funny. I I don't know. I just if he was on the Bruins, I oh, I'd have his jersey for sure. But mm. all right, so Drew Doughty, and then I got to go with another defenseman. And honestly, I'm probably going to go with. I'm stuck between two guys. I if you uh, take my guy, I'm gonna be pissed. Oh, I have an idea. Who someone? I hope one of you picks this guy. <laughs> what team? Mm, you know what? No. It's going to be weird because I know this isn't someone you guys are thinking of. But I'm going to take John Carlson. Hmm. 
I love John Carlson. I don't know. I, I like the way he played. He was... I was thinking of a different Carlson. Mm, I, w- I was going to take him, but William? he single-handedly he, he single-handedly <laughs> knocked us out of the playoffs in 2016. So I'll go with John Carlson. Hey, what did the DJ name his son? Son. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I didn't get what you asked, so I just <laughs> I said son. So Andy, you get your goalie, and then Mel, you got back to backs to finish it off. Yeah. Wait, uh, I think I only need one more person. Take two of them, just in case. Oh, you okay. do. My bad. That's my fault. No, you just need one defenseman. That's my fault. Okay. Um. All right, I have a number of guys in my head right now. I'm gonna say. This is the one I'm not going to pick. I was going to say Jonathan Quick, but I already used my UMass. I already used my UMass guy. So I'm not going to say Jonathan Quick anymore. Um, And it's it's down between two. I think one is more universally loved, and one is much more beloved within certainly our household. Um, So that's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Mr. Humongous Big, Ilya Brazilov. Oh, oh, oh that's goodness. such a good one. Why you have to be Why you have to be mad? It's only game. It's only game. That's a great pick. He, he, may, he may be a liability, but I think <laughs> I think he he's good for morale. But have you have you ever Funny. seen the video of uh, they, they had just played the Bruins, right? And they got shelled. And it was a it was like a post-game locker room interview and he was, and somebody had asked him some question revolving around, you know, not playing well against the Bruins or whatever. And his answer was, he's like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, he's like, I'm not scared of bear only bear in real life. And then he's like, (laughs) (laughs) can you believe the flyers picked him over Bobrovsky? (laughs) I know. Oh my God. But yeah. So Andy, Randy, you took Brzgalov. Yeah. Uh, Nick, you got one defenseman, and then we can jump into the DM. Okay, I'm. Uh, it's eating me up inside. Uh, damn, but stuck between two guys, I don't know who to take. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you who I'm not gonna take. I was gonna take him, but I already have one penguin, so I was gonna get Chris Letang because mm. who the heck does not like Chris Letang? True, true. I heard he likes. But I don't popcorn. want to. I don't want two penguins because I cancel each other out and now they're assholes. So I'll just stick with Flurry for now. Oh crap! I got a Ginla too. Oh damn it. Oh, okay. Penguin theme so team. Instead, I'm going to take another another defenseman. He was, I think, he was like a fifth round pick. He's very short. He's very bald. <laughs> uh, Norris winner. I'm taking Mark Giordano, baby. Okay. Oh. I was Mark a huge fan. I was a huge fan of Mark Giordano. Not a fan of his contract because I would like to make uh, expansion teams in the NHL, and I would always get Mark Giordano and his freaking eleven million or however much he's making would always <laughs> kill me. But um, I mean, a short guy. He's uh, I'm short among defensemen. I think he's like six one, but uh, bald head. He's out there just being the best defenseman for the one year that he won the Norris. I always like Mark Giordano. Where is he in now? Oh, he's in Toronto, isn't he? Yeah, he is in Toronto. Well, oh, I, I think God. he's no, I think Forget he's retired it. now. But no, wait. But it's actually funny because how you mentioned how he was making eleven mil or whatever, he was making a certain amount of money. It's funny because yeah. uh, he went from that contract 
to signing a league minimum contract of like 950k <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy and and it's not and and he really wasn't good until he was old either he won his norris and he was right. 36 he's like yeah, the tim thomas crazy. of defensemen yeah, yeah, probably because like the same thing about Aginla. The guy was doing it in Calgary. I mean, he was in Calgary for like 15 years. And they were they were bad when he was. They had a couple good years, but they were bad for the most part when he was there. Yeah, when we were like when we were younger and we were growing up watching, I remember because obviously now you know with the younger generation watching hockey, the teams that you know are just awful are teams like Arizona, uh Buffalo, I guess. You know, the only reason that Calgary was was relevant in those years was because of Aginla and because of Mika Kiprasov. I used yes. to love Kiprasov too. Kiprasov was such a good goalie. Yeah, he was. But okay, I think that uh, rounds off our first round draft of the all time love players list. Uh, so I'll read off the teams really quick. Nick, he's got Jerome Aginla, Patrice Bergeron, TJ Oshie as the forwards, Brent Burns and Mark Giordano as the defensemen, and Mark Andre Fleury in net. Great Andy guys. has got Alex Ovechkin, Pavel Datsuk, and Patrick Kane. That is an electric line right there <laughs> with goalies of Lidstrom and Makar and a goalie of Brzezgalov. Andrew's team, all complete. Uh, I have St. Louis, Vincent LeCavalier, Yarmir Yager with Drew Doughty and John Carlson on D. And then everyone's favorite, Tim Thomas and Nick. But now that that's complete, we're going to move on to our last segment of the night. And that is the DM question of the week. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. This one is coming in from Chris Labadouche. His, his Twitter name. I mean, hey, that's his name. Are you sure, but, are you, sure you pronounced yes. that right? Yes. And <laughs> his at on Twitter is at HTY239. And he asks... How do you guys see Fabian Lysel transitioning into the NHL? And do you see him playing with the Boston Bruins a lot this season? Nick, I'll start with you because I know you love Fabian Lysel. So I'll start with you. I do. I love Fabian Lysel, but I think I love him more because he's really the only like, I mean, I don't even know if he's like considered a blue chip top level elite prospect. He's not that level, but he's the best prospect that the Bruins have. And he's at a position of need moving forward. And he seems like an exciting player. I mean, he's, he's a speedy player. He's when it looks like when he has the puck on his stick, he is an exciting player, whether it be um, he can score every time he touches the puck or he can make something happen with it. And, you know, the clips that we've seen circulating of him on Twitter is in like juniors competitions or in euros or whatever it might be. So he's still not doing it against a top talent. And I think that's the biggest thing for him. Um, he's definitely not going to start the season with the Bruins. I don't think anybody expected that. But, you know, I would like to see what he can do in Providence, get a taste of that. And um, I think if he were to get called up to the Bruins, it would probably be towards the end of the year. I don't I don't think he's going to call it come up this year, although he could. But um, moving forward, I mean, they're going to have a lot of holes on this team if Bergeron and Krejci retire. Um, I think they have like six or seven. There was like five or six of their forwards who are UFAs, who are who are free agents after this season, um, two of which I just mentioned are probably going to retire. So there's going to be room for him to make the team moving forward, and he's at a position of need, um, and he's an exciting player. So in terms of the player that I think he's going to be, I honestly have no idea um, because he hasn't been playing against top-level talent like you would expect him to play against in the NHL. 
But I think, you know, we'll get a good sample size of him in Providence this year to see what he's doing down there. He'll definitely get some heavy minutes down there. Um, and, and we'll see. I mean, if he's popping off in Providence, there's no reason why he can't get called up this season. Um, but like if things are going right for the Bruins and if, you know, if DeBrusque is playing well, if Zaka is playing well, um, I don't really think they're going to call him up and immediately put Lysel on their top two lines. So if he gets called up, it would probably be more in a third line roller or something like that. Cause he's on a fourth line player. Um, so I think there's too many outliers to expect him to come up this year. I think if he does, it could be an end of the year thing, but, um, moving forward, I would be excited about him. I, I think you'd be kind of silly not to. If you've seen his clips, the guy's flying all over his, all over the ice. The goal that he scored, did you see the goal he scored the other day with like the like the Bruins teenage team, whatever the hell that thing oh, was? Oh, the uh, it was a shorthanded goal. He he just kind of booked it up the ice, pulled a little, hit the hit the brakes a little bit, and then just kind of whipped it towards the net. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's it. Seems like that's not out of the ordinary for him. Like most yeah. of his goals, he is flying past people. Or he's doing something exciting. I mean, he's an exciting player. There's no other way to put it. Um, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the Bruins. Again, might not be this year. I don't think it will be. But um, you know, next year or a few years after that, you know, I think I think he's he could seriously be a, a very good player for this Bruins team. Yeah, Fabian. Like so, like you said, Mel, uh, Fabian Lysel. Like he just seems to fly up the ice all the time. He's got honestly like. In the NHL video game, he could have the wheels X Factor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, during the prospect games, he's really stood out. Um, you know, he's quick. He's he's a little undersized, but in this era of NHL, I think that's not as big of a hindrance as it used to be. You know, you see guys like Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, he's like five foot eight and he's still putting up a hundred plus points most years. But with Lysel, I would agree that I don't think that he starts the season in the NHL. I, I don't even think he's really going to see a lot of time in the NHL until maybe late in the season. If we have a spot solidified and we kind of have a good idea of where we're going to finish, maybe we bring him up um, for a couple games. Not enough to warrant him losing a year of eligibility in his contract. So I think it's under 20 games. I think it's if you're under 20 then you don't lose that first year. So if he can come up towards the end of the year, maybe if he's killing it in Providence, come up, end of the season, play a couple games, see what he can do, get a little taste of the league, and see what that's all about, then I I think that's the most realistic scenario. But unless there's an emergency, I really don't see him playing in the beginning of the year too much. Maybe in the very beginning he gets like a game or two just to kind of see, but it's not going to be anything consistent. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and it's important too. With the main reason that, like myself, I'm sure you guys as well, and most Bruins fans are excited about Lysel is because they literally like have nobody. They're the the worst ranked prospect pool in all of hockey. They're 32nd from in ranked in forwards, 32nd ranked in defensemen, and I believe they're 31st in goalies. So at least there's one team below us there. But overall, far and away the worst prospect pool. So the fact that we have somebody that is exciting. I think is the reason that he's getting so much hype. And I know that we, I mean, there's been so many players in the past that have lit it up, whether it be in juniors, um, whether it be, you know, playing in Sweden, playing in, you know, whatever part of the world they're from, even in the AHL, they've put up obscene numbers and it just doesn't work in the NHL. 
So I think that's definitely something. I'm not saying that's going to happen like Sell, not at all. But, um, you know, a lot of the hockey that he has played in his life, especially since the Bruins have drafted him, hasn't been against guys that he's going to be seeing every single night if he makes a big club. So, you know, his first, I mean, I don't know if you know off the top of, of your head, where was he playing prior to to last year, I guess, before he came um, over here? I believe he was playing for the Vancouver Giants in the WHL, I want to yeah. say. I mean, also, shout out Vancouver Giants. I did play for them with my my career guy in NHL 22. <laughs> but, I mean, that is a, a huge, I mean, I, obviously it's a huge step under the NHL, under the AHL. So there's still steps in his progression to getting to the player that he needs to be. So, and I think with the Bruins realizing that this is their only like serious level prospect that they have, you don't want to rush it. You don't want to bring him up too too soon. You don't want to bring him up too late. Um, they're going to give him all the chances he can to grow as a player in Providence. Um, like you said, if, if he comes up, I would expect it at the end of the year. I think the contract point that you just made is a great point. I don't know if that's something that a lot of people are considering. Um, and especially, you know, if you have to start pinching pennies moving forward, um, I know that they have, I was talking with somebody on Twitter, um, like $30, $27 million in cap next year. But you also have to remember, as I just mentioned, there's like seven players you have to re-sign. And like a third of that is supposed to go to pasta, ideally, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, moving forward, that's somebody that you need to, to pay attention to because if he's performing really well on a rookie deal contract, the flexibility that gives your team is insane. So there's a lot of different variables that, that are affecting life sales contribution to the Bruins and when he's going to come up and everything like that. But um, I would say that you are, we are correct in being excited for him for a magnitude of reasons. And I cannot wait to see him up in the big club. Yeah. And I know how you said, um, you know, he's one of he's he really is 100 percent our most exciting prospect for sure by far and away. But I will say I've been watching the prospect games and Johnny Beecher looks so good. He's if you watch these games, you see him step out onto the ice and it's like, holy shit, this guy is a massive human being. Like he as soon as he's on the ice, you know, he's on the ice. He stands out. He's like three inches taller than anybody else out there he's probably got like 20 pounds on the next dude it's and he uses it to his advantage too is which is something that that i've noticed he goes into the corners with the puck he protects it well he's kind of he he reminds me a little bit of charlie Coyle, but he's somebody too who actually with him i wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the lineup uh, in the beginning of the season, more than myself, for sure. Just because, you know, we do have a lack of center depth. Um, Johnny Beecher seems to be big enough, seems to be strong enough to at least survive in an NHL game. And I I wouldn't be surprised if Montgomery uses him more than some people think. Um, like, he, he plays in the prospect game. He was playing alongside Mark McLaughlin. And whenever those two had the puck in the offensive zone, it was like a game of keep away like those those two guys together were really 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 good yeah and and you kind of hit the nail on the head there i mean beecher is a guy that they're gonna need moving forward i mean their center depth is gonna get cut in half moving forward if if we'll say it again if bergeron and creature leave there go your top two centers um and in a, in a system that's very depleted in terms of prospects 
to have a guy like John Beecher and to see the progression that he's making, like you just mentioned, he's, you know, putting on weight, he's doing all the right things. That should be encouraging because he's going to get his chance because there's literally nobody else. Like you can't have, are you going to have coil as your top line center? Cause I think that's what it might honestly be <laughs> like moving forward. I don't think that they have the option. So John Beecher is going to get a lot of looks. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. Um, and we'll see, we'll see where he runs and where, what he does with it. But it's, it's kind of crazy to think about too, is, um, I mean, we're talking about Beecher and light cell. I mean, if you want to compare them to other teams, prospect pools, I mean, I wonder where the heck they would rank, right? Like, I don't even like Beecher is, is Beecher's probably the Bruins like second best prospect. Is he even like top five for like most like Lysel? Like we're all you know this excited about Lysel. I mean, where would he rank in most teams prospect pools? Like, would he even be their clear cut number one? Uh, Lysel would probably, probably be a top three prospect at this point in, in most uh, organizations prospect pools john beecher he would probably be top 10 i mm. would say he would probably be top 10 but we also have the defenseman mason lorai and um he would probably be a top five prospect in most in most pools so between lysel and lorai you know that's two top five guys and then beecher is probably top 10 but Outside of that, you got you got guys like Georgi Markulov. He's he's pretty good. Um, we'll see how his game translates. Um, Mark McLaughlin isn't a prospect anymore. Um, mm. But outside of that, your goalies Brandon Bussy, Reed Dick, uh, guys guys like that are the ones who are replenishing your prospect pool right now. And you're really going to, if you want to have a high ranked prospect pool, you're gonna have to have a you know, a top five pick at least to, to immediately replenish that. But you don't necessarily, I don't know. Prospect pools are interesting because yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like a prediction game. You don't really know, but based on the prior season that they had, you can kind of go off of that, but it really doesn't matter until you can see how they play and how their game translates to the NHL. Yeah. And this is a prospect pool too, that could see a lot of turnover in the next few years. I mean, it, the Bruins could very well be a retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. But if, you know, Beecher and Lysel and whoever you're saying or that, it, I mean, they're going to have to be important players moving forward because they're going to need them to be. And you're going to see an already very depleted prospect pool, have some prospects, have to graduate. And now you're looking at an even worse prospect pool for the future. So drafting is in, in any league, in any sport is so important. Um and we're kind of seeing now how, you know, the last five, six years on whiffing on so many drafts um, has kind of put the Bruins in this position where we're very excited about these prospects, but we're also celebrating prospects that probably wouldn't be a number one, number two, maybe not even number three ranked prospect for most teams' prospect pools. Yeah. Uh, Andrew? Well, I've, I from what I've read, right, all the reports on Twitter and everything and the videos I've been seeing, uh, his juniors coach doesn't seem to think that he's going to be back. I saw that you uh, like retweeted that article about it. And uh, so he's going to be at least in the, in the program somewhere. And, you know, the clips of him at practice, he looks like he's skating. Well, he's, he's shooting the puck. Well, he's, he's putting it in the net. He has good hands, making good passes. It looks like he's fitting in with the guys, but again, you know, he, he is young. He is a smaller guy. I don't know if it would be smart to 
thrust him into it right away, I guess, uh, before he's ready. I could totally see him, like you were saying, bringing him into the fold later in the season once he's, you know, more conditioned to the to the pro game and has a chance to sort of get his feet wet in the minors. But right away, I don't think he's going to make a huge, huge impact. And, and, you know, I know that stinks because, you know, as a fan, you want to see your – your young guys that you're excited about, you want to see them in the game. Uh, they're they're like a draw, right? You want to see what they're capable of if you have the next guy. But I just don't think he's going to be that immediately. He, I don't, I think he will. I think he will end up being that guy soon, but not in the beginning of the year. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent true. He he has time. You have to let him grow. You have to let his game develop. You can't bring him in too early, or else you're going to destroy his potential in his ceiling you're gonna bring him in too early and then he's just gonna get wrecked so so coming to the end of episode eight um you know i do want to mention that if you do if you're looking for jerseys if you're looking for photos if you're looking for anything you know sports team related um you know glasses with the logo tables with the logo blah blah blah, whatever any cards anything you want to anything that you want to add to your man cave um Please go to Fanatics, um, go to the blackandgoldhockey.com website and click the Fanatics banner to the right. There's no promo code, but if you go through our website, there's a direct link to Fanatics and you can do all your shopping right there. So I just want to remind everybody that we are in partnership with Black and Gold Productions, LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. And I'm actually going to hand the outro off to... Mr. Nick Melanson right So after saying all of that <laughs> I don't know what to say other than with that being said. So uh, okay, so uh uh <laughs> and we'll catch you next week. <laughs> Remember you can follow me. On Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. And you can follow Andrew on Twitter at Andrew underscore S-U-1-1-I-V-A-N. Hockey season getting started soon. We got less than a month to go till regular season. We drop. We start the season against the Washington Capitals and Alex Ovechkin. And I am pumped up. I cannot wait to go. I know you guys can't wait to go. This is going to be a great season. Plenty of storylines headed into the year. Jake DeBrusque, Hampus Lindholm, Jeremy Swayman, Jim Montgomery, David Pasternak. Let's go. We got 29 days until the regular season, probably 25 by the time this episode drops. And we are ready to go. We are ready for an 82-0 season, undefeated, heading into the playoffs. And we are going to roll. Do it for Bergeron. Do it for Crazy. Do it for the ponds. Do it for the trees. Do it for Randy's satisfaction over at UMass Amherst. Let's go. Let's have a great season. Let's freaking go. With that being said, this was Something's Brewing podcast episode eight. eight. And we are out. We'll see you later. Bye.
We should get a little like like horn. Like the brr, 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 brr. We should. <laughs> we should. Question. Question. The DM of the week. Honestly, that's pretty good. We should just keep doing that. Thank you.